and welcome to this special edition podcast to highlight the VIDM on the 5th of May 2021. The VIDM is an annual free online 24-hour conference celebrating the International Day of the Midwife on the 5th of May. The International Day of the Midwife is a day where people across the world celebrate and recognise the work of midwives. By means of our free 24-hour online conference on this day of celebration in May, participants from six different continents join together to network and share evidence-based research at the VIDM. Rather than providing a passive education comprised of videos and online e-learning, the VIDM is an interactive conference using web conferencing software, which allows delegates to text chat with each other throughout sessions, participate in online polls, as well as ask questions directly to the speaker or other delegates in a synchronous way. And today I'm delighted to uh, have one of our facilitators join us for this conversation. Um, so I'd like to welcome Catherine Shimichero from Kenya. Hello, Catherine. Hello, how are you, Chris? I'm very well, and yourself? I am fine, thank you. Good. Um, so to start with, uh, so the audience gets to know you a bit better, could you please tell us a bit about yourself and about where you live? Thank you, Chris, for that. My name is Catherine Shimichero. I'm a soft skills trainer and a personal performance coach. I'm also the lead trainer of Seiso Consultancy. Seiso is a Japanese word meaning shine. And our tagline is inspire into action. So I am all about inspiration. I enjoy, inspi I enjoy inspiring people to learn, to play, to follow their dreams, to take time to smell the coffee, and most importantly, to be true to themselves. I've been training for the last seven years. Before that, I worked as an accountant. The career switch has been such a blessing to me, as I now understand myself better, because I deal with people of different ages, different cultures, work experiences, and sensitivities. In that, I have learned a lot of patience, empathy, kindness, and appreciating everyone for who they are. I love sounds, bringing out... Sorry, I beg your pardon. I was just about to say that sounds, uh, sounds a really good experience and grounding for facilitating people in online meetings. Yes, it is. It really helps me a lot. Yeah? Oh, that's good. I also love bringing out the best in people so that they can exploit their potential and go to places they've never imagined, both physically and mentally. I enjoy sharing my knowledge and empowering people. It gives me a great joy and pride to watch people so high into the skies like eagles. During such moments, I feel humbled knowing that I have made a difference in the world. Apart from work, I enjoy praying, traveling, beach life, communing with nature, cooking, and of course, enjoying a hearty meal, story listening and telling, and, have, and having a great laugh. I ooze positivity, and I walk on the positive side of life. I'm told I have a big warm smile. So, Chris, can you receive a ray of sunshine from me? 
I can I can hear it in your voice, Catherine, and, and your enthusiasm really shines through. Um, oh, so, thank you. That's okay. So tell us, how did you become involved with the VIDM? Oh, I remember this day like it was yesterday. And that was on the 14th February 2019. I enjoy surfing the internet for training opportunities and facilitating opportunities. And on this day, I just typed in facilitation. And I saw a tag leading me to some VIDM link and I clicked on it. And without giving it much thought, I made my application. And then next, I received an email from Chris acknowledging my interest to facilitate in VIDM 19. And at that time, I didn't know what VIDM was. So when I Googled, I read Virtual International Day of the Midwife. And I said, what the hell is this? I am not a midwife. I am not a nurse. I don't know nothing about childbirth. What is this about? What am I going to do? Oh, I was in such a shock. However, the subsequent emails quelled my anxiety because Chris told me that we'd be trained on how to use the technology and there was nothing technical from our side as facilitators. So that's how I got to know about VADM. That's really good. Um, and, and like you, I have no experience of of uh, midwifery or nursing other than having had two children well my wife having had two children so as you say it's about being able to facilitate you don't necessarily need to know about midwifery but obviously you've been with us for a couple of years now so what have you learned um, from being involved with the VIDM? Oh the learning has been tremendous first and foremost what that taught me is about being open to taking risks and being open to learning. Because if I'd not been open to that, if I'd been put off by midwifery, then would not be having this interview today. So I'm very happy about that, being open. And also I've been able to learn about facilitating online. I'm now able to use the big blue button technology that I'd never used before. And also, um, facilitating online comes with a lot of commitment and I've been able to commit my time and work through it so that I can shine through as a volunteer and that has been a plus on my part and I have learned a lot about midwives and childbirth and I want to give some three practical learnings through facilitation in yeah, 2019 sure. In 2019, when I first did this, I handled two speakers. One was from Nigeria, but living in the UK. And she talked about the challenges midwives have in Nigeria. And I learned so much about those challenges. And then the other one was a Brit living in the UK. And she talked about how harmful uh, the radiation of mobile phones and technologies are to the unborn baby during pregnancy and early child development. And that really took me aback to see how women interact with their mobile phones, with microwaves, and they're pregnant, and they do not know how harmful that radiation is. 
And today, I keep spreading the word to pregnant women, telling them, my friend, it is not safe. So please take care of your unborn baby. And also during the early child development, don't be too much on the phone because it is harmful. So I am very happy because I am more enlightened. And in 2020, I had this speaker from the UK who talked about her personal encounter in home births and elective cesarean. And didn't I learn a lot about home birth? And the way she brought it out, oh my God, it just brought out the beauty of uh, giving birth at home because she described how this is a natural process and when one is relaxed then the baby can easily come out so i have really learned a lot and i'm very happy with this learning i have also been able to invite other people to join me in facilitation well that sounds that sounds very reward like you i've i've learned a lot about childbirth and and midwifery and that's rewarding but it's uh, it's good to hear that um, it's improved your facilitation skills as well. Uh, what do you yes, think, the, uh, and that's obviously been very rewarding, what are the challenges for about facilitating online? Oh, facilitating online comes with its share of challenges, which are manageable. And uh, one of the biggest challenge is uh, weak internet connectivity. Sometimes um, the internet connectivity is weak, so you have a lot of drops when you're having the session and that can really be annoying and frustrating. Uh, the other challenge is learning new technology. I remember there was one of the speakers I was handling and she kept out punching the wrong buttons and being thrown out of the room. And that was quite frustrating because I was wondering when will we ever get on with it? But I was happy. After some time, she became used to the technology and we were able to forge on. And the other challenge is synchronizing schedules because this is voluntary. And uh, as the speaker, no, as a facilitator, I have my work schedules and the speaker also has her work schedules. So sometimes synchronizing this can be a challenge. However, we've been able to overcome this by just sticking to the course. So those are some of the challenges of facilitating online. Thanks, and it, and it sounds like you've, um, I mean, they can be tricky, especially the, uh, the person who kept being thrown out of the room, but it sounds like you've, you've managed to work through those challenges, so that's really good. Yes. yes. Do you think, um, and obviously it's come much to the fore over the last 12 to 15 months with the global pandemic, but do you think virtual conferences can replace face-to-face -face conferences? Oh, no. Virtual conferences cannot replace face-to-face. Uh, -face. Yeah. However, mm -hmm. saying that, I mean, with this virtual conference, it looks like you are 100 years ahead of the pandemic because that's the in thing now. Everyone is doing virtual because of the pandemic. Yes. Yes, quite. Yes. Yes, Quite but that said, uh, that said, I don't think virtual conferences can replace face-to-face. -face. And I'm going to contrast uh, virtual conferences and face-to-face -face conferences using our five senses of sight, hearing, taste, 
um, touch and smell. Yeah. When it comes to sight, yeah, when you're doing something virtually, of course, you can have all these beautiful PowerPoint presentations and videos. However, it is very limited as opposed to someone who's attending a face-to-face -face conference and part of the site, apart from the presentation, you have the decor, you have the ambience, you have the lighting, and all this is stimulating and it contributes to the success of the conference. Then I'll move down to the second sense, which is hearing. When it comes to virtual, yeah, the quality of the sound contributes a big part into making the conference successful. But with all these technological challenges and bandwidth, sometimes the sound is really interrupted and you have latent receiving, you have drop-offs and it can be very frustrating. However, when you're having face-to-face, -face, it's very easy for you to play with tools so you're able to control the tools that you're using more easily. And given that you're all on the same platform at that point in time, it's easier for you to regulate your sound. So the hearing quality becomes better. So I'll move on to the third, which is the taste. Uh, when it comes to virtual, unless you're eating your own food or the organizer is loaded enough to have someone deliver food to the participants, then uh, the taste is really prohibited. When it comes to face-to-face, -to -face, uh, food makes a huge part of the success of the conference. And you know, people always remember the small details. So they'll remember how the food tasted, how good the drinks were. So that really contributes to the success of the conference. Then I'll move on to the fourth sense, which is touch. When it uh, gets to touch, well, with technology, you can only touch what is around you. Like for instance, right now, Chris, I don't know what you're touching and you don't know what I'm touching. So we can't really share that same experience of touch. But when it comes to face-to-face, -face, oh, you're all on the same platform. So you can touch the furniture that you're sitting on. You can hug each other. You can greet each other. And that sense of touch even contributes to the closeness you have in the conference. Then I'll move on to the last one, which is smell. Uh, technology has not yet invented a way of us smelling something. However, you can uh, send out some scents to your participants, and this can only be possible if the participants who are attending the conference are small. Then you can send out scents for them to smell. If you have a large audience, then it's not possible for them to smell the same thing. In face-to-face, -face, oh, you can actually control the scent. You can have plants that can produce a nice scent. You can use air fresheners that can have the desired scent. And that smell will really stimulate your senses. So with that said, human interaction is so important in contributing to the success of a conference, which cannot be achieved by having a conference virtually. So I would still say 
virtual conferences cannot replace face-to-face -face conferences. I, I, I think I, just, I agree with all the, the um, things you've said about the different senses, and that's quite an interesting way of breaking down the experience of being at a conference. Um, Thank you. And, and ideally, I think you'd be right, but uh, there's one big thing that I think virtual conferences do give us, which face-to-face -face conferences don't do, which is the reduction in the carbon footprint, because especially with international conferences, um, you end up with a lot of people flying, and that's obviously very costly in terms of um, carbon dioxide emissions. So I think, I think um, it's really interesting to hear your view, and I, I agree with you. It's difficult to replace... Uh, perfectly, the uh, the personal interaction of being in the same room with someone. Um, yes. But it'd be interesting to see how this plays out over the over the next few years, especially with how many online meetings have taken place over the last twelve months. Yes. Okay. Well, I think I think we'll bring the the conversation to an end now. That was really interesting talking to you, Catherine. It's great to hear um, how you've uh, you've grown through being with the IDM and how you've helped us as well obviously um, with the, the, the sessions you facilitated and I look forward to working with you next month when our 13th conference takes place on the 5th of May. So thanks Thank very much for very your much. time Catherine and, uh, and we'll speak again soon. Thank you Chris and uh, lastly I'd like to let you know I am from Nairobi Kenya and I would like to end by saying Karibu Kenya which means welcome to Kenya. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. Thank you very much. <laughs>